we acknowledge the direct people of the Eora Nation as the traditional owners of the land we work on. We pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast, Mindshetra Talks, Lost in Translation. We are a mother and daughter duo, Indian Australians living in Sydney. We are using our personal experiences and insights to connect and relate with people with similar experiences. We are using this podcast as our voice to unpack topics that are often lost in translation within our South Asian community. We are doing this podcast with the intention to break down the barriers and communication that may exist between parents and children, and we hope to offer some talking points to instigate these conversations. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the eighth episode of Mindshare Talks Lost in Translation. And this is the final episode of the first season. Um, We've come a long way. Um, This has been our first shot at podcasting and like it's been a journey. We're just trying to find our voice. Um, We may not necessarily have had a huge following, but we tried our best with the knowledge and resources we have. And we... Hope to be back next year with a second season with some special guests. But I guess we hope you enjoyed this season and the topics we discussed. I am so excited about today's topic. And also I'm so grateful that we were able to consistently work on this and actually record eight episodes. I When we started and I pitched this particular journey, I thought it was, uh, we didn't know how it was going to be. So it's been really good walking uh, working with you walking with you and working with you yes of course walking as well um today's topic is something which i find a little bit i find it's controversial whenever i start this topic with the peers it's because it is very unique um but i think we in in the style of mind Shetra talks we are hoping this conversation instigate a lot of interesting ideas um and hope and i'm not suggesting that again whatever we are sharing is should be what is followed but we are trying to unpack um and it is all about independence so question for you riti uh, is a lot of yes. young people your age especially when we talk about western culture a lot of people your age mm, mm. Um, you know early 20s i'm i'm going to say it early 20s are already living out of home yeah uh so what do you think mm-hmm. but you are living at home with us um so how do you think yeah. that affects your independence i mean i guess i've been raised always to be very independent mm-hmm. as a kid i guess it's like should start with that like even before there was this before i came of the age where i was aware that people were living outside there's always been some sort of like independent streak that I've been like raised with and it's been like a very gradual progression like it started off you know because I think there's different types of independence it started off with um you used to like drop and pick up from events and then it became you know try and find your own way there like use public transport and then you know when you start earning it's like okay you have a sense of financial independence so it's like okay now you have 
some money, you can start paying for these like little things yourself. Like it wasn't like if you think about it, when you're a kid and you go out with your friends, it's kind of like, oh, your mom or dad or parent will give you um, some money, like a little pocket money for spending. But then when you start earning, you start going into the mindset of, okay, I have like so-and-so amount to spend. So that's how like that's how I need to know how to spend and I need to know how to spend my money. But in terms of living at home versus by yourself, I think I've never lived alone. Like I've never had the experience of living alone. That saying, I really do want to move out of my house. And like people listening to this are going to be like, like, is it so bad that you want to move out? Like, no, not for that reason. Like, I love living at home. Everything is done for me. Everything is, you know, I don't have to worry about a lot of things. But I guess I want to prove to myself that I Mm -hmm. can be independent. And I think there's so many layers when it comes to being independent. You get to find out your likes, your dislikes. You get to find out what type of person you are by yourself. Are you kind of someone who likes to stay in and go out? Because then there's like this other thing of independence. Because if you're living outside of your house, then you kind of got to think, okay, um, like there's nobody to drop and pick me up. So I have to figure out how to go to and from the place. Um, And I think when I speak to a lot of people, like a lot of my uni friends, they all live either, um, most of them live by themselves or should I say Mm -hmm. like not with their parents. They'll live with Mm -hmm. like roommates, flatmates, uh, housemates, Mm -hmm. but not with their parents. And when I speak to them, like what's the experience living out of home? Like the discussions vary from, oh my God, like I love it. Or there's a lot of layers and nuances of like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. the rent is so expensive. Like I wish I lived with my parents, but at the same time, I love living outside of my house. And the interesting thing is that then impacts the independent decisions that you make and living outside of home. What I've noticed when I speak to my friends who do live without, like not with their parents, it impacts like how their values and I remember I was talking to someone and she said for me it's kind of a deal breaker if I'm going out with this guy and he says that he lives with his parents and I was like that's so interesting why do you say that she's like I don't know it's just like I've been on that journey where I've lived by myself and I've had that time to live by myself so when I see someone else who's not really there yet it just kind of puts into perspective that we're not in the same place and I thought that was so interesting like there's so many levels and layers that happens when you kind of throw yourself in the deep end of independence and also you know there is something about a couple of things maybe you need to clarify about being at home it's not all that rosy for you also like you do have some expectations now that you're an adult yeah a lot of things become easy when you are living at home with your parents in terms of there's just like unconscious things like you don't have to worry like if I say living at home the the main example I can think of just at the top of my head Mm -hmm. is like groceries like if you live at home with your parents your parents buy the groceries and like they pay for that and in terms of rent like you don't need to worry about that because it's your parents that are paying the mortgage or the rent if you're like renting yeah and we will a place. talk in detail about it's what your you expectations are within rent in itself for me i also think 
when you live alone mm. there is a lot of choices you get to make on your own and make mistakes especially when it comes to dating or bringing a partner or going out or yeah like you know staying late or going with friends going out for a movie or, or so and so if you live at home then that kind of there is a barrier that stops you from doing a lot of things which you would normally kind of do in this age i think so and that's in a south asian family you mm. know dating and all was something i was never allowed to do i didn't even think that was but it's so i think it it is a very part of this life as well so that's an that was an adjustment for me also mm. like you know i mean like what would your experience because when you grew up in india and like in like back in the day um when you were younger than you are now <laughs> i'm not that old <laughs> uh what was your experience cuz like i assume the only instance that you left at home was with your partner um, and once you I'll, I'll give you a clear picture Otherwise, it was not so really imagine like you are now heading the age where i got married so imagine getting married in 6 months time getting married to somebody yeah. you've met for a short time but you've had a like you've dated so in your words it's like dated um for 3 months and you are now leaving everything uh, not only your not only your parents but also the city which you lived in um your friends which you know everything and you're moving to a completely different country with a new person Mm. that's what happened to me mm. so i was or in mm. all like early 22 and i got married and i my husband does not come from the same state as me so i had to move to his place to people i knew in two months and then i had to fly uh, out of the country within the four months of getting married because uh, i had to move to uae with a new person and uh, I was not financially independent at all because that was not an expectation set for me. Mm. Um what mm. I can tell you about that is I became a, a a very very dependent person like financially dependent. Yes. Uh, decision making wise yes. dependent because not only was I not financially independent because I didn't have a job at that time I also did not know the place. I did not have any friends. Mm. So I had to make a lot of adjustments and naturally his existing friends became my friends. So whoever I had to make friends or we we did make friends together later eventually but the impact on your mental health is you're constantly trying to make a relationship work and also trying to create new relationships based on where you're so it's it's a little bit of uh, a lot of adjustment phase and you go through a, a, a lot more you grow up quickly um when i was doing it i found it interesting and inspiring and exciting but i also think i was a lot frustrated and scared and felt lonely and homesick and 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 a lot of other things and also just adjusting to the fact that now i have to live with somebody who i i barely know Mm, and do you think that like played a had a big impact on like knowing who you were as a person because you never had the um the freedom and the experience of living by yourself 
like just by yourself before you got married it was kind of like oh you're almost like unconsciously attached to this person so when you become dependent you just assume all this this all the decisions they make are the right ones and you just I think it takes a lot of uh, they I think know it takes better. a lot of a toll in a partnership when when you don't meet as equals and in all 21 years yeah. old I did not explore most of the stuff and I was fascinated by the stuff I was doing and I only had a very limited amount of experience in terms of exposure exposure it's good and bad mm. because there was opportunity for us both to explore the world as a couple and what we liked together what we did not like and i was doing it on my mm. own with with the person but i was one of the fortunate ones who had a good partner however yeah i think this fundamentally if you're not financially independent or if you don't if you haven't ex- not even financial independence financial independence is a very small part of it if you're not independently making decisions for yourself especially in a, in a as a woman especially as a south asian woman because you are already dealing with a lot of conditioning you're dealing with a lot of patriarchy then unconsciously you also have your own limitations within yourself you know you can you do this can you do that can you go out with them who is supposed to you know you take a lot of default positions on on yourself without even understanding but you don't even realize that you're doing most of the stuff what your partner likes and this is not something you would have ne- not necessarily done for yourself and mm-hmm. then the difference between finding what is care and what is control becomes very hard that's yeah that line is so blurred by the end of it and it's like am i like you don't even and you yourself are not even able to distinguish that and it's like the other person's not going to tell you like the other person's not going to be like yes i this is control and like you're not even going to be able to distinguish that i think if that. if you don't have a conscious partner and they didn't have a good template growing and they have only seen patriarchy and they have only seen their parents treating their wives you know a mother and whatever they have learned unconsciously gets transferred i think you have to even for men you know they don't intend to do it's not very consciously somebody wants to control they don't even like we in south asian thing we don't talk about the scare control all these words i have learned now you know everything mm. if a husband says something you're supposed to do it i remember yeah. so many decisions where you know if i had to go back to india or if i had to visit my parents i didn't have the money not and i had to actually ask okay you know is it possible to go then you know it's like like i said it is not again i have been one of the luckiest people and but i think in in structurally framework wise also independence is something which has to be coming down from generations both for boys and girls and understand that they have to be amazing yes at par you have to enter the relationship as a partner yes it's a partnership it's not a dictatorship. yeah but also uh, independence also then comes down to uh, you know what is accountability what are you accountable for how much what is being fair and what is unfair and you know 
It's such a, a layered question. Like you could talk about this topic for hours and hours and you could go on to like, what is what does it truly mean to be independent? And then, then you go into the thing of like, are you hyper independent? You go so independent on yourself that you don't even need to rely on someone else. Like that's another form. That's like independence. Like everything has a spectrum. Like there's dependency, like codependency where like you cannot even breathe without the other person. And then there's like hyper independence where you're so, so independent that you are like, I can do everything myself. But it's like, there has to be a point in the middle where it's like, I know how to do things myself, but also I'm not afraid to ask for help and be independent and be, I don't want to use this word, but I, I'm not, I'm so, I'm independent, but I know that I can ask for help and be dependent. Depen- I know how when to I depend to on be. other people and I have people to depend on when the time gets tough. I yes, don't have to do I it alone. Yes, I have people to depend on. Yes. 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 That says what I mean. Like, that's what I'm not saying like people are going to listen to this and like take it to the extreme. But like I'm also saying like being hyper-independent, mm-hmm. absolute no-no that's not good for your mental health that's not good for the people but around tell you tell me one thing because tell then that starts thing. you start how yes. many people are actually hyper independent we have a lot of in south asian cultures i think there's a lot of codependency more than hyper independent i kind of feel like mm. i'm and i i know i'm comparing two different things like sometimes in I think that is also the scare. We are scared as South Indian, at least as I I can speak for myself. Sometimes I feel very scared. Like if I give you so, if again I I hate when some a parent says I'm giving you so much independence. When you give something to somebody that is not you, it is your handing. Independence is not something to give. Like I don't have to ask a permission to another adult to do something. I can consult with another adult. Same way, just because you are my child. you have all the like you it's human right you have all the you know i'm not giving you anything the minute i say i'm giving you something that becomes like i'm in a power position i have all this stuff going on and i am giving it to you you have it's yours to take Amazing. isn't it yeah 100%, 100%. so for me tell me how many people in south asian families i think we have more of the codependency rather than the hyper dependency and mostly it's a western culture formula mm. for hyper- i mean i'm hyper- not saying like like i don't agree to not being part of your uh, parents family at all after you get married like you know they have to take care of that and you are you know they are not your responsibility at all not even responsibility mm. you know like it's a, it's a little hard for me and complex for me to make it so simple but one thing i wanted to talk mm. about and come back to between you and i is mm. do you find it fair so we were talking about independence and you having all these expectations so yes uh so this is one topic i get a i cope a lot of i cope a lot of bad bad whatever whatever it called what do you call this Not even criticism. criticism. Flake. I I take a lot of heat for this. Not only from people I don't know, but every time I talk about this topic, even to my peers, uh, very, very, very. It it. I have coped a lot of heat, and we still do. But I still want to go ahead and ask you the question. So, 
you are you do have an expectation set and we did have a conversation when you turned and when you started working and there is an expectation for you to pay rent because you're living at home yes do you find it that it is yes. fair that we have this expectation and what do you feel is the purpose of it and do you feel like yes. we become okay. unfair on this yeah i mean like Yes, you did hear that, right? For people who are watching and listening, I pay rent monthly. It's not like compared to the rent prices of today, it's not a lot per month. Um, it's just a little bit. But I think okay, when I first was like you first you and above first brought this up, I remember I was like that's not fair how can you ask me to pay rent i live at home i'm not living outside like how fair is that like i don't agree and like what's the money going to like it's not coming back to me because i know a lot of there's this concept i was reading or watching something somewhere that parents will ask their kids for rent and then when they buy a house they'll like give it back to them um and you were like well we're just gonna keep it like we're not spending it it's just it's just for you to learn and I was like that's not fair how can I be asked and then we like sat down and have a at a convo and then you kind of just explained and I think the purpose of it was to teach me responsibility and was to prepare me for the real world on a very 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 mm -hmm. small scale like the stakes are so low like it's like it's not like in the real world where if you don't pay rent you're going to be evicted because it's my house you're my parents you're not going to evict me as Maybe. soon as i start paying that's rent. what you think but it's like <laughs> no you'll not be oh. evicted no okay. you won't i'm just kidding I like but it's like kid. things like it's a very <laughs> no i don't i don't know <laughs> you pull out that plot twist i mean it's a very a small scale it should teach you responsibility it's to teach you you know you have expenses to pay and in the real world the landlord or the owner is not going to care like mm -hmm. they want their rent like they want it and like in today's climate like you have to mm -hmm. pay rent to live and I think like looking now I I'm in like two minds like I'm half glad I do it at the same time it's like mm, it's not fair like I would rather spend that money on something else but I do feel like it's a good strategy that will prepare me for the real world and like when I do move out um obviously it's gonna be per week and a lot more than I pay per month to you guys now but um it's just it's just a a taster of what's to come in the real world. Um, and I think what was the unfair part about for me was that it was like, I was the only one paying rent and my sister wasn't, but then I had to understand that she's a child. <laughs> and when I was a child, I wasn't paying rent. You still are very, very, there's a bone of contention for you there all the time. <laughs> I have to keep reminding you So then I'm you waiting till she turns 18. <laughs> Yeah, so then finally, I think when you were like, you know, Rhea, you also will have to pay rent when you're 18 and her face just dropped. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Fair treatment. <laughs> oh. 
I mean, in mm-hmm. terms of well-being, I think the well-being side comes from it. It's like at there was a certain point where I was having a job, but I wasn't mm-hmm. earning any money. And your logic was, um, if you have a job, you have to pay rent. And you were very flexible. You and Apple were very flexible in the sense that there was a point also where I was unemployed for a while. And you were like, well, that doesn't make sense. We're your parents. Like, we'll support you and take care of you. Like, that's fine. Like, other stuff you'll have to pay for if you go out with your friends or, like, make purchases on your own. That's fine. But we can't expect you to pay rent if you're unemployed. But then there was a point going back where I was employed, but I wasn't earning a lot of money. And I still had to pay rent. And I think that was where my well-being went down because I think it was just like a complex, like myriad of things. Like I don't have a job, but like, like I'm not that I don't have a job, but the job isn't giving much money and I'm like giving more as to rent rather than I'm earning. So it was more that like is that half the country for you, perspective. That is half the country for you. A lot yes. of people who are, it's a real struggle. Yes. Uh, and and it does impact your well-being but i think as parents we have a, a basic responsibility to ensure you are able to do it and i always say the safety net is there but don't don't you should not be thinking at thinking Rely because we are there and there are also rules around if you take the car if you buy groceries if you go out would you yes like if i take the car and the fuel the petrol uh, it's like almost empty like it's out of my bank account that's coming um like the i'm paying for like petrol because the i'm earning and like i also use the car so that's also a form of independence like having the responsibility of paying for petrol and like driving like i don't ask money to pay for petrol i'm earning so it's my responsibility to pay for petrol and and things your like, own like your own going out yeah. your own classes your own stuff you take care of all those things and how da- how independent mm. do you think you are in terms of li- because you're still living at home so how how independent do you actually feel in terms of let's not talk about financial independence let's talk about the other part which the which is the icky part where you know the dating part and going out part the drinking mm. part hmm Mm. I mean to be honest like unconsciously I always like will rely Mm -hmm. on you in some extent because I am living at home and I feel like that's just Mm -hmm. that's just part of it like if I do go out I automatically assume that you will pick me up if it's late Mm -hmm. um like that's what I mean like if I'm being completely transparent and honest like if it's late um I will just assume like, oh yeah, would you be able to pick me up from the station? Whereas whereas if I was living alone, it would be my Mm -hmm. responsibility to get to and from my house, which means probably like either plan it so that you catch the last bus or the last train that goes out or catch an Uber. Like that's what I'll have to do in the real world. And that's what some of my friends do when they live outside. It's their responsibility. Like, to get to and from the venue what whatever mm-hmm. form that is like some people drive like that's fine but some people don't drive so it's their responsibility but i mean at living at home i do feel like i am in the i feel like if mm-hmm. we look at the spectrum i am like middle independence 
but like leaning towards the dependent side are of you, the spectrum. Does that worry you though? If I'm being completely honest. I mean, I think it does because I think because I'm started paying rent, it's like putting me on the other side of the spectrum, like moving towards the more independent side. Um, but I think like now, like even when I make purchases, because only independence I can think of as like financial. What about decision making? If we you know, think that. How independent are you feeling your decision making? I mean, I, for me personally, I like to get up. I like, I like to ask mm-hmm. people I trust and what do I when do? I make decisions. What do I do I'm not asking them to make the decision. I'm not asking mm-hmm. them to make the decision for me. Like I will do my own research and I'll like try and make the mm-hmm. best informed decision I can. But I, cause I used to be very real. Like I'm, I don't know if this is a star sign thing, but I cannot make one decision like I cannot stick to it because I will overthink everything I don't know if it's just the Libra in me I don't know if it's that but it's like I can't just stick by one decision I always like go back and forth and then I that got me into the habit of like asking you like oh what do you think I should do but I think you taught me that like stick by a decision and just say like look this is the decision Mm. I am going to make what do you think about this? And then you can kind of like say, well, I think like, not like, I think that's a good decision, but it's like, okay, like what, like you either challenge that or you'll like ask me questions to make sure like mm-hmm. I'm happy with that decision. Mm-hmm. But like, was that something like when you were growing up, I know we already touched on this, like, were you always scared you were making the oh, wrong decision? I'm from so you the just end of the spectrum. That. I'm from a spectrum where decision making was not allowed for me. So I took it in my hand to make decisions. So I, the very first opportunity I got, I made decisions. I didn't worry about it. I was like, I make a mistake, I make a mistake. I decided hmm. I didn't want to stay in the same country. We decided to migrate. I decided to do stuff. I decided to study. I decided to take up running I decide there were a lot of decision making I did because that was that's what happens when you suppress somebody for a very long time and I actually became the other end where I started what you call as hyper independence like I don't need Mm. anybody to tell me anybody anything the only one good thing for me is because of the situation and the marriage and because it's almost like Appa and I were, you know, had to become friends and we had to, our, our journey started simultaneously together. Our decision-making process also, I'm very, very collaborative in decision-making like that. But there was a time when I, would, I could not find my feet in the early ages where I was very dependent on even Appa to make a decision for me. Which job should I go? Mm. Which this should I take? What what should I wear? But it took a while for me to realize that those are some of the decisions I should be making. So I am not mm. even the person I was when I was 21 years old. And I wish I had this amount of clarity mm. then. 
Is that what you would tell your younger self? Hundred percent. I would say go explore. Don't get married, which is what I keep telling you, and which annoys the crap out of you because you think I am pushing you, and you are not a person who likes decision making as well. So you kind of think, what kind of? And you have told me many times, what kind of mother are you? You're you like the black dot when it comes to South Asian mothers. Most South Asian mothers, again, I don't want to generalize, but there is a there is this stereotype of of. what a south asian mother looks like you know very pampering very come home i'll make you food come i'm very very hug I, you know i'm very huggy and everything but i'm much more that then go out why are you living at home find a job uh, do stuff don't stay at home what are you doing kind of a person hmm that was also an important thing i think when like I feel like in the culture and the society I grew up, it is so it is so normal. Like it is normal. Like I can't think of it any other way. Like we have all been brought up that like as soon as you're fifteen, I think, go out and like you work, you start working, and you start earning money. And I think that's something like I wish was taught more in South Asian culture. At least when I was growing up, there was no concept of this. It wasn't. It was. It was only until I started, like, you know, in the Western Australian culture that we grew up in, and even like many Western countries, it's so common that when you are fourteen, like fourteen, fifteen, whatever the legal age is, you start working. And I think that was something that was a very big like jump in the deep end for me because my first job was sixteen.、Mm-hmm. I think I worked in a cafe. Um, I wasn't very good at it, but <laughs> it was it was the first sense of like independence and like being financially independent that I had, and I think that's something like everybody should do. I know like a lot of people are like, well, my parents do everything for me, but it's like you are gonna feel such a good sense of achievement when you are like. Oh my god! I paid for this myself. I go and earn myself, and it starts giving you like, you start getting a little bit more sense of freedom. So I think like that's something. Well,、like, I caught、so、a、good. lot of criticism. I mean, you obviously that,、um, from my immediate family, from my friends, from a lot of people、um, within the culture as to why do you have to send somebody to work? Does she have to work to bring? You know, to bring what what is she going to do? It's, it's this age is to study. You should be the provider. Let her study. Why are you putting additional pressure?、Um, even now, the rent conversation is like that's very unfair.、Um, yeah, supposed to. I really think the opposite. Like the people I've spoken to, I think they were all like, "That's such a good." Thing like that's such a, um, such a great way of like taking that financial. I think the spheres which we move on are completely different, and this goes to actually show in real life how, you know, how our societies on the or the peer group which we move from influences our thinking, and one of the major drawbacks or barriers in a South Asian culture is what will other people say about me. If I do this to my child, yeah, what is what the other, other person going、say? to think? I, I really don't care. 
your your my responsibility not the other person's responsibility now when i say i don't really care so does a lot of other parents i know that but you know but sometimes you kind of think do you have to deal with all those things noises around and you know give an explanation and be defensive isn't it just easier not to work and you don't have to work because most of the parents who migrate have you know are in good positions probably they don't need the funds so they kind of say what is the point of sending somebody to work and so hard to study and i know a lot of them like to drop and pick up even like 20 year olds and 21 year olds but i kind of feel if you don't let them do the mistakes when they are then they do and then you don't set them up for how independence looks like the independent depend independent decision making doesn't happen and i don't just mean by financial independence Mm. and mm. i also think uh, a very crucial thing when it comes to independence is allowing you to date and meet people and explore that kind of finding a partner for yourself and moving to countries and like if we go back to like the dating example like when i was talking to someone and they mentioned like oh yeah when i got someone like I think it's like it's just kind of like not an ick but it's a bit of a mm, for me it kind of raises a little bit of a beige flag when they say when their attitude is yeah oh I live at home because everything is done for me and I was like well that makes so much sense because they've had the experience of living by themselves and like that now informs their values whereas if you ask me and I say like oh is it a deal breaker for you if um like he lives at home with his parents and i would say no because like that's not very fair of me to say like oh he needs to live by himself but like i live at home like that's not a, that's not a um deal break that's not a thing i would question like you live at your home with your parents like that's that's okay but i still you red flag should raise well. for but you what is and your in- and for another person when you tell them i tell you this all the time that it will be a red flag to even another person that if they want to date you it's a red flag that you're living with us because you're outside i know that's what i mean but like i think that's fine just i know the current climate and i know it's just a lot cheaper to live with your parents the only line i would draw is the reasoning behind like why do you live with your parents oh the rent is like really expensive but i have intentions of moving out and i am looking and things like that like that's fine if your reasoning is like oh everything is done for me like everything is i don't need to do anything that's where i'd be like oh okay maybe our um the places that that where we're it's, at it's, it's very common nowadays for a lot of even adult children to live with parents you can still live with your parents and be independent you know what i mean you can still live like house gets guess so the red flag should not be are you living with your parents or not the red flag should be even if you're living with your parents how independent are you because living with your parents in itself yes. cannot be the criteria any more in the financial climate we are it is even very common for if something happens for us to move in with another family member right so that should not be see this is this is my this is my pet peeve with this generation okay and i'm going to go out and say it and if you're going to backlash me it's okay we can have a conversation i'm i'm ready to have a conversation i think you this generation and i know as soon as this comes out at least from my home itself i'll get a voice which says how could you say this about all of us 
and I'm not generalizing. Actually, yes, this is my observation about most of the people, young people who I come to. I think that you make assessments very quickly on a very superficial basis without talking through the underlying things about it. Yes, you are very conscious about other people's things and about accepting everybody, making the environment inclusive and you're very earth conscious and everything. But on the flip side, some of you or most of the people, young people I talk with are also very quick to judge other people based on, you know, living with parents or no, red flag, green flag, red flag, green flag, red flag, green flag. And you don't talk about the actual red flag and green flag which is understanding the nuance between care and control. You know, understanding mm. that if a boyfriend is texting you at two o'clock in the night and not allowing you to talk to anybody else and is getting jealous, it's not actually, it's not actually care. It's not a sign of you, him wanting to be with you all the time. You know, if you're tracking him on Facebook all the time or if he forgets to give you a gift or something like that or, you know, vice versa, that is... You know, all those things. I went through those. So I am in a position to tell you, actually, ladies and gents, anybody who's going through a relationship, don't look at the superficial things and don't make, don't be very quick at making judgments. And another thing is also the frustration which comes with dealing with stuff. And I think we are part, partially re responsible for that as parents because we have been giving you stuff like this. You want this? Yeah. You have an iPad, you take it. You want an iPhone, you take it. Uh, so now it becomes hard for us to go back and pull back and tell work for work for it. Go work. Why should mm. you work? You already had an iPad. You already have an iPhone. You, you did not earn that iPhone, but you have an iPhone. That's not up in from your money. So if I'm going to ask you and say, you know what, go and mm. go to a fast food joint and you wait a table for 12 hours to get paid a certain amount of it, which could even not pay you rent, then you go, why? Why should I do it? So I think if... Mm. I think it's just teaching your responsibility at the end of the day, like independence on so many different levels. I yeah, think yeah, and I also think don't be too quick to judge. I think independence has got many, many nuanced levels like anything to it and don't be too quick to judge because somebody is living with a parent that in itself is not a red flag or a green flag if you know what I mean. Mm. There could be many reasons. Fair enough. But you should also... Fair enough. Just speak, and you should not take advantage of living with your parents and treat it like, you know, a laundry service and a grocery service, everything gets done. You should try taking some responsibility also, I think. Hmm. Mm. So, like, what would be your well-being well -being message to close out the episode? I think I've told this many a times before also. In, in an other context, but I think when it comes to independence, especially in South Asian parents, I struggle a lot to draw a line between what is independence and what is giving away to the Western culture because I really don't have a template uh, because I have grown up in a other model. But I think the best thing to do is not is let them make the mistakes. Be there, take a step back if they are 18. Take a step back 
be there as a safety net don't make the decisions for them let them make the decisions and if they are not making any decisions wait don't step in uh because the more you step in it's also a habit you're teaching them that you will be there to take it you'll come and step in and do it if if they fail it's okay mm-hmm. you're there you're there to dust them up and pick them up hmm what is your mm-hmm. you think as soon as you you do you think okay i had to ask you one question before your well being message will you charge rent to your kids when you have kids uh if and when i have kids i think yes i think i will okay. at least for me i have this conversation maybe, recorded maybe. that you actually said you will and it is fair so i'm i'm thank you but maybe not at the same time maybe i'll just <laughs> you know. said yes you it's said like, yes. yes so maybe. what's your what's your no maybe. no you said yes what is your well being message so do you think okay you i think if and when i have i think if and when i have kids if, regardless of regardless of if i charge them rent or not a non negotiable that will happen is that as soon as they are legally of age i am going to make them look for work and find a job and i think that <laughs> make is them look for work <laughs> my well-being message i am and i think that's my well-being message i think a lot of young people kind of like rely on the safety net of their parents and i think that's really holding you back from being the independent person that you can be if you're saying that you at 14 you can work i think a lot of people lot of kids are struggling to manage their studies and work and once you get one of the arguments i have is that if you start working then why are you going to be bothered to study you're getting money in and if you mm. if you work more hours why study you can start earning i'm saying like education is important like study because like i mean it's it's different for every person some people will be like I'm working now so I don't need to study anymore like that's fine I can't speak I'm just I can't speak for every single person I'm just saying like from my perspective I would say have a job on the side just like one or two shifts a week something that's manageable for you even if it's one shift that teaches you okay on this particular day this is my work day and like I just think that will teach you So you you're su- you're suggesting if you are you need to do both understanding for me i think it teaches time management yes time management I, essentially yes than, yeah. and like mm-hmm. knowing the priorities and, and kind of understanding yes. how you know because that's a life skill again to have as well and i am so glad time i was management. able to do these eight episodes with you and it was such a fun talking to you and i'm so i am so proud of you Thank you for being a wonderful co-host. I Thank you so much, Mommy. I think this first season has taught us a lot about podcasting and like we hope you guys have enjoyed these eight episodes. Like please let us know what you think. Um and we look forward to seeing you back for season 2 next, next year. year. Amazing things I hope happens next year to us and this podcast reaches more people. But till then, um bye from us. And if you liked it, you know where to follow us, Mindshitra or Mindshitra Talks. And it's a bye for the season from us.
Bye, everyone. Have, Have a good, good year. year. I was going to say Happy Diwali, but... <laughs> Happy Diwali, Happy Christmas, Happy New Year. <laughs> See you. Bye. Bye.